2: Good evening, I'm William Hosea, and welcome back to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning program celebrating our 12th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans.
1: And good evening, I'm Amrita Myers, and in today's broadcast, you'll also learn of local events of interest, all in the next hour on Bring
2: It On. First up, we have assembled members of the Bring It On crew to delve into a long overdue discussion On current event happenings in the world of politics, entertainment, and local concerns of interest.
1: Joining us tonight in studio are Bring It On anchor Jim Sims. Um, Over the phone, Bring It On contributor Eric Love. And also in studio with us tonight is our show's producer, Clarence Boone. Welcome, gentlemen, to Bring
0: It On. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Eric, are you there?
3: I'm here. This is Eric. Awesome.
0: Hey. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? This is Jim. I'm
3: doing great. How
0: are you doing? I'm okay. You can keep the code up there.
3: <laughs> it's actually nice right now.
4: Good, good.
3: I'm calling from South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame.
4: You would have to put that in there, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Everything was going fine shout until out. you had to give a shout-out to the Fighting Irish.
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, the first thing we want to do is pay tribute to jazz, blues, gospel, uh Soul R&B singer Al Jarreau. Mm. He yes. died at the age of uh, seventy six. Seventy six. Mm. Just shy seventy seven. It's seventy seven wow. birthday. So, how much of his music do you all have? Well, let me jump in there. All of it. Yeah.
0: All I don't actually. Really? Um. <clears throat> well, see, I'm one of those guys. I think I still have like, and Clarence May too. I probably got, I don't know, eighty five albums or something. I thought you had um, eight tracks. No, no, no. We got rid of that.
1: Especially with the new
0: Bluetooth Bluetooth turntables. But at any rate, um, I'd say three. Mm -hmm. Um, Years ago, more intriguing. Um, Now I can appreciate it. But back Mm -hmm. then, it was just more intriguing to me um, what he could do. Right,
4: right. Um, Memories of favorite songs. And, um, of course, uh, the theme song, The Moonlighting and... Uh, We're In This Love Together and some other hits. I mean, he was... The 80s were very good to him. Um, And then he became um, sort of selective in in how he produced, because he was a musician as well. Mm. But um, between Hal Duro and... um, Oh, the brother that does the instrumentation with his mouth. um, Um, Not Bobby McFerrin. Yeah, Bobby McFerrin. those two really just put don't a, worry, put a smile happy, on my face. Don't worry, be happy, Yeah, don't worry, be happy. Those two really just uh, put a smile on my face. Sad to see him leave. What were you going to say, Eric?
3: Yeah, I was just trying to get out Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any of Al Jarreau's music, but I absolutely loved him. Um, and there was, a, there was a video he did that actually reminded me of my parents. It was about an interracial couple during World War II in England, and uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but I have to look up the video. It was an awesome video, and I'm like, "Wow, he, he played." He was dating a, a white nurse in the video, so.
4: It was Bobby McFerrin? No. no. Oh, okay. I to I'm sorry. I just Yeah. I just want to no. Hey, we clarify here. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs>
2: I think I'm. I'd like to see that. I think I might Google that when we leave here.
3: Yeah, it's uh it's it's real moving video too. So. But I, I, I saw
2: him uh, in concert. I actually met him when I was stationed in Hawaii way back in the 80s. Wow. Mm. In a club. <laughs> <laughs> of it, was, all places. it was It was after the concert, so, you know, uh, our brother had to hang out a little bit, you know. Do you have uh, many memories of that? Was it? That's the only just, memory I'll, I'll ever have, me- meeting it? Al Jarreau at a club in Hawaii. You know? mm. <laughs> well, I met my wife, too, you know. But Little things. <laughs> I, I, I got it.
1: <laughs> I think it's important to, well, maybe not important, but I thought it was kind of an interesting um, coincidence that the news of Al Juro's passing coincided with the Grammys uh, yesterday. Right. Yeah, right. And I'm not sure how many of us watched the Grammys last night. I mean, I'll be very honest. I have not tuned into the Grammys for well over a decade. Okay. For a whole host of reasons. But last night, uh, Eric, did you watch them last night?
3: No, I haven't missed the Grammys in about 25 years, and I just moved into a new house and I, they did not hook up the cable. Ye- yesterday, they said it'd be hooked up on Sunday, and it, it wasn't. So oh
1: no! So, well, I'm going to share with our listeners some of the things that I thought were really interesting. You know, you know, because they announced Al Jarreau's passing at right. the Grammys, which I thought was um, absolutely important that they did so. But there were a number of things last night in the Grammys that would be of interest and are important, I think, to our listeners, particularly our African American listeners. Um, and I'm thinking in particular of, of three things. One, the fact that, well, there's four, really. But briefly, Bruno Mars did a tribute to Prince, and it was amazing. I mean, he was dressed in the purple rain, spangled, sparkly jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. He had his hair done the way Prince had it in, in Purple Rain, the makeup, the eyeliner. And he was playing this really amazing white electric guitar. he, and he did Let's Go Crazy. <coughs> And it was stunning. I mean, it was one of the most amazing renditions I've ever heard, right down to the fact that Mars played that amazing guitar solo at the end of Let's Go Crazy, which is no easy feat. Mm. Wow. It was impressive. I didn't even know that Mars knew how to play the guitar. Mm. So my, I mean, I always thought he was, oh, yeah, his music is all right. But right, now right. I have a whole newfound respect newfound for Bruno Mars as a musician yes. and as an artist. And so I, I thought that was phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, these are all things, of course, that you can hop online um, and And check out after the show if you want to. I also thought that it was um, they did a really um, there was an ama- they had that tri- a tribe called Quest mm. on the show. And uh, the brothers <laughs> of <laughs> ATCQ brought down the house. They brought everybody to their feet. People had their arms in the air with their fists, and they were they were singing uprising, revolution, you know, one brother was up there chanting about President Agent Orange. I'll leave it to you to decide who he may have been referring to. But it was very much about, you know, that pe- all people have to come together and fight for equality and justice for, you know, as, as a group. And in fact, one of the things they did is they had all of these people come on stage from all different backgrounds of life, not only racially um, or in terms of ethnicity and gender, but people who were visibly wearing religious items that marked them as being from other religious communities, Muslims, Jews, etc And it was just an incredibly powerful statement of community. Um, and it really did bring the entire theater to its feet, and I was on my feet in the bedroom, <laughs> with my arm up in the air.
2: <laughs> with your arm up in the air. Singing. I was oh, like, I was, crazy. I was, By I was, yourself. I was
1: doing my black power salute in my bedroom to my, you know, to my TV and my dog.
2: At <laughs> yeah,
1: but it was phenomenal. But so I know, think those are two moments from last night that. Uh, we're really powerful in very different ways, but given what's going on in the country, mm-hmm. I thought that right, what was right. happening, what having a tribe called Quest come to the show yes. and knowing what they were going to do in terms of their performance, that's a real, that's a signal, mm-hmm. right? That's a signal. So
2: it was politically charged last night.
1: Absolutely it was. But
2: don't Hollywood events... Uh uh, music, entertain, uh, industry events always make political statements. Uh, at one not point not always, or
3: but often. But th- this is a point that. So I I have a lot of conservative friends, much more than I had when I was at IU. I would say, but um, you know, there's this negative connotation from conservatives about the Hollywood elite and the entertaining business and their elite. But they're the Hollywood elite were people. They're working class you know, most of them were working class people who made it. Mm. So, mm-hmm. especially rappers and musicians, very few of them came from wealthy backgrounds, and so right. they are right. the people, um, exactly. and they have a voice for a generation or a, a certain people, and yes, they have a political, certain political slant, but it's not, it's because they do come, they're just people that right. happen to make it. So, um, I always just question when they talk about the Hollywood elite, so, you know, last year someone who's a big star this year was broke serving you know waiting tables last year <laughs> absolutely right
4: well well if i can interject this i think what they're hinting at the hollywood elite are the ones who produce who own the studios who have the distribution control the ones who say who say this one will be successful this one will not uh, you will sing this style you will sign this over and we will tell you what to sing how to sing and where to sing you know there there are there is a class division within the music industry, but I understand yeah. what you're saying that there are more and more entertainers uh, who are collectively, uh, say talking for instance, about
1: producers, directors,
4: well, releasing their right. works online mm-hmm. like Beyonce, and and Beyonce had several potential moments last night, but yeah. uh, apparently, oh, you was... oh
1: well, I was going to mention that too. <laughs> and I did
3: I did hear, hear Adele's speech when she won the the last. Her last award apparently she beat beyonce out in three major categories Each, and the last one she finally just started crying and said i can't accept this award um beyonce basically beyonce deserves it her album was transformative and had such a social impact um it so i have to go back and look and see what happens it was
1: uh, it was really
4: she even broke the award
1: well, she actually tried to give the award to Beyonce, and Beyonce is, is so gracious and such a class act. You could tell she really appreciated because Adele was very sincere from the heart. Like, mm-hmm. she pegged institutionalized racism, white right. supremacy, white privilege, mm-hmm. and she and and Beyonce was like, "No, that's your award." It's you know, but you could tell that it was just a moment of real, genuine, sincere appreciation mm-hmm. because the award category before that, when Adele also won and beat out Beyonce, Adele was like you know you are the queen i have loved you for seventeen years i admire you so much you know i just so i mean she really paid homage to beyonce already she didn't need to go that extra step but she really you could tell that she wasn't doing it for theatrics like this was this is a woman who grew up in a working class background she grew up surrounded by a, a very diverse community mm-hmm. um in in england and
3: yeah, she's from london
1: she exactly uh, her and idris elba and others all come very they come from these very diverse mixed cultural neighborhoods in london
4: erica you, know. you two went mm-hmm. to elementary school together didn't you
3: uh, we would have had I had been thirty years
4: younger. Oh no, I'm sorry, about that. <laughs> okay. No, for those <laughs> try, who don't know, Eric Eric Hale's uh, his roots are from from England. Right. Yeah.
1: So I was, I thought that was a really it was yeah. definitely an interesting dynamic last night. I mean, once again people were on Facebook saying, Oh, Grammy's so white. But at the same time, it was hard for them to, they weren't necessarily being disrespectful of Adele. They appreciated what she said. They were just frustrated that once again, the larger superstructure of the Grammys showed showed out the way it did.
4: Staying on the the theme of entertainment, um, a couple movies have come out and and several people have vowed that I will see this before it leaves quickly from my neighborhood. Uh, One movie is Fences and, of course, the other Hidden Figures. Now, Fences has already left. No,
2: oh, wow. Yeah, it was it was in Bloomington for a week, I think, so I went to see it the following week. My wife saw it before I did. It was gone.
1: But they might bring it back, William, because the NAACP Image Awards were just held the other night, uh-huh. and yes. Fences and Hidden Figures between the two of them cleaned up. And when that happens, movies come back to the theater when, when they had previously already <coughs> left, because Moonlight... Came to, Indi- came to Bloomington, left, and then Moonlight started picking up awards at the Golden Globes, and uh-oh, it was back again. So okay. it's very possible that fences might come back because of this, you know, sort of prize resurrection that tends to happen.
4: Well, for those yep. who've, who've seen it, I have not seen it. I'm, we, are, we have already stated this weekend we're going movie-watching. Okay. <laughs> of the two, I mean, well, I hate to They're pit them against brilliant. each other.
1: I've seen them both.
4: Uh, uh, just overview of the plot of both. Fences. i
3: would say I, I didn't see hidden figures yet i did see fences and i thought fences was just uh a, a perspective a slice of life that was just everyday um a, a, a story that's often um, overlooked It was a story of a black family and the intricacies and trials and tribulations um would be my but excellently written and and acted out amazingly I mean, absolutely
1: brilliant acting. August Wilson's plays very much always sort of focus on family dynamics and relationships, fathers and their children, husbands and wives, and all of the, in all the complexities that they sort of unravel themselves. And that's really what Fences is about, is one family and their, the inner workings of one said Mm -hmm. family, working class black family in Pittsburgh.
4: And for all those uh, women out there that swoon over Denzel Washington, will they be disappointed?
1: I didn't I didn't find him swoonworthy in this movie in that sense. I thought he was brilliant. He deserves every so he's accolade. Elevated that from come
4: swoonworthy his way. to swoon-worthy. brilliant. Swoonworthy. Well, he, we sometimes, he's, sometimes he's sometimes he's both, way. but this was not
1: a role that caught, that called for him to be right. a, a mm. you know, a sex symbol. This right. was a really really tough role for I him to play. I got got to remember that one. Yeah.
2: Swoonworthy. swoon-worthy. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> have have of you,
1: have any of you seen Hidden Figures?
2: I saw Hidden Figures. Okay,
1: no. so William, what did you think of Hidden Figures?
2: I thought Hidden Figures was brilliantly written, and 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 the acting was oh, just uh, my girl Taraji. Was oh, the oh. acting was, was just <laughs> beyond excellent. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> of course, you know these women were uh, the, the title describes their role at NASA perfectly. They they were hidden uh, in comparison to to the other workers that were there. They weren't given their due, uh, you know, according to the work that they did, until the the very end. When I, I forget the one sister's name who was the uh, mathematician who played in um, that's
1: Taraji P Henson's right, character. I mean, You're talking yeah, about yeah. yeah I, I know I'm character. bad with names. I'm a historian. <laughs> that's bad with names.
2: There was one interesting part of the movie where should I tell it. Everybody has everyone seen it. Yeah, I mean, anyway. I have not
3: seen it, but um, I I won't be upset if you.
2: Okay, spoiler alert. Here, but here towards is. the end of the movie, just when they were about to launch, uh, uh, John Glenn into space, where she had to, uh, do some computations to to verify what the computer came up with, because John Glenn said if if she doesn't check it, he wasn't going to go.
1: But if she said yes, really, he
2: would. right. Right. So he left. He pretty much left the launch up to her. He
1: left his life in her hands. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so after she worked her magic with the numbers and she brought it back to the uh, the director, then he took the paperwork, went inside and left her outside. So she was shut out of the launch. A few moments later, Kevin Costner opened the door and ushered her in so that she could watch the launch. That didn't happen. That that was made up
4: for effect
1: i heard that later and it Mm. broke my heart yeah
4: yeah (laughs) so she remained on the outside right
1: these hidden figures it's a play on words right because the numbers themselves Mm. the mathematical computations are hidden and nobody can figure them out until she comes along right but then the black women themselves where the mathematicians are also hidden figures i mean i thought it was absolutely brilliant Mm -hmm. janelle Monet, traji p henson all of them i mean hands down brilliant I mean just smart and warm and funny you know the whole because they bring to light the fact that here are all these black women working inside NASA Mm -hmm. and there's only one building in the entire complex that has bathrooms for quote-unquote colored folks and so what happens when these women have to go work in other buildings and there's no bathrooms for them to use? Something so small but so huge.
2: Right. right. And it took her what 40 minutes to go across campus to the bathroom. She would
1: have to like literally walk in the rain, you know, across yeah. like miles to go to a, the only building on the campus of NASA where she could use a colored restroom and then go to the bathroom and then come all the way back. She couldn't take any of the cars or other kinds of uh, transportation that was available on the campus because those vehicles were for white people only. So mm. she couldn't use the bathroom in her own building and, and she couldn't even use the transportation to help get her to a building where she could use the bathroom.
2: But When, and
0: she when put in context, um, it's not surprising that she wasn't allowed to see
2: the launch. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. You but why they would want to um, gloss over that or, or turn it around into something that was not true I don't understand. They After they expose all the, movie, of the no other racism <laughs> in the movie, then then yeah. why would you want to? Why couldn't you tell the truth about that part?
3: Of it's, it? the it's the Hollywood elite. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
2: There <laughs> I, you go.
1: <laughs> I'm curious. Have any Have any of you seen Moonlight?
2: Which No, I have not. I saw Moonlight. Yes. Did
1: you? Ah, Eric. What did you think of Moonlight? Because that movie has not been getting as much play. I mean, it's been getting play amongst critical sort of actors' circles, and it did well at the Golden Globes, but it hasn't been getting the kind of play in the black community that Hidden Figures and Fences has.
3: I think it, it's uh, the plot, the storyline is one that's foreign to a, a lot of black folks or because of uh, homophobia within the black community, perhaps. Um I, I loved the film. I thought it was uh, – actually, there's someone in the film that reminded me of somebody I went to, to school, the to college with. Um, it was – yeah, it was awesome. Uh, again, a story that's not told very mm-hmm. often. Um, <coughs> it was very compassionate. It was tense. Uh, it was sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it it was a very emotional roller coaster, but the acting was absolutely remarkable. The kids in that show—yes, <laughs> kids were amazing.
1: I would really encourage—I agree with everything you said, Eric. I would encourage anybody who hasn't seen it uh, to see it, if, if not in the theater, but when it's available in other forms, it is beautiful. It's poignant. It's heart wrenching. Um,
3: and, and, and I would say, really, the you know, the homosexuality content was, was really secondary to, to the show. It was, you know, it was about so much more than that. So I've, I've heard people say, oh, I don't want to see it. it's about a gay couple or whatever. And that's not the case. It's
1: actually not what it's about. It's a coming-of-age story and about somebody trying to yeah. find themselves, literally.
3: Mm. Absolutely. Um, okay. Under tremendous hardships. and Yes. Um, you know, yeah.
2: We need
4: to shift gears here just a little bit.
1: But I'm glad we started with all the music and movies and entertainment
3: stuff. I think that's great.
4: Before we do, uh, (laughs) just quickly, any Oscar potential with any of these three movies?
3: I I hope Moonlight does does really well. But um, since I haven't seen um, Hidden Figures, I think I I would have to go for uh, the uh, Fences. God, why did her name just jump out my... It. Viola Davis in Fences.
1: Viola right. Davis absolutely <clears throat> slayed in Fences. Three for her. Pardon me.
4: This would be her if she gets an Oscar. That'll be her third. Would it oh, be let's... her
1: second or her third? Because the work that she's done in the TV show—that's not—that's—that's not, that's, oh, okay, that's not yeah. an Oscar. No, she's
0: gotten an, Oscar. an Emmy or something.
1: She—I ha- think she, yeah she's gotten Emmys. Yes. I think she has already won Oscar. So maybe this would be her second.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. And let's work on nomination first.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) There
2: you go. Uh,
1: Well, we could, I mean, if we're talking entertainment, we could switch over to football. That's entertainment, isn't it? Some would say. But this isn't (laughs) necessary. I mean, well.
2: So how about those six uh, New England Patriot players (laughs) refusing to go to the White House? Yeah, let's talk about. There was, this. What about there six at last count.
4: What about the quarterback who didn't go a couple years Obama. prior? Yeah.
1: Tom Brady didn't refuse to go to the Obama White House when the Patriots won in 2015. Is that right?
2: Tom Brady is not my hero. Right.
1: I know Eric yes. wants to chime in. Come on, Eric, chime in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yes, he
3: did not. He refused. It, what I don't understand: people keep comparing Obama to Trump. I had a colleague say that yeah. Obama was. Divided the whole country. He was the most divisive president ever. <laughs> and I just said, what did he do that was divisive other than be black? He reached out across the aisle constantly. His,
0: constantly. His, mm-hmm.
1: And I didn't see people, you know, in the streets by the millions protesting when Obama was <laughs> elected.
3: It's <laughs> nothing that was divisive other than he, he led the country and, half, you know, less than half of the country didn't like him because he was black, and then a few didn't like him because of his policies.
4: But well, there, mm-hmm. there were perhaps a million there during the inaugural <laughs> for Obama. Right. I mean, right, they showed up. I mean,
3: it yeah. was millions and millions. It was huge.
4: huge. <laughs> <laughs> it was important. big league. I, I, I wonder if he was going to get that in.
1: I think it's important <laughs> that these players are refusing to go to the White House, because if you contrast it with Tom Brady, it's very different. Brady was not honest about why he didn't go. He tried to come up with all kinds of bizarre excuses for why he wouldn't go, even though he had never missed another White House visit in all of the other previous wins that the Patriots had. But this time, the players who are refusing to go have all been very honest about why they're not going. And this is not... You can't just boil it down to the word politics. This is about conscience. It's about humanity. It's about equity and justice, right? I mean, these are... i mean. The the news, um, oh, the the press conference right after the game. The press conference right after the game when mm-hmm. one of the Patriots players, his name is escaping me, he was he had his little girl on his knee and he was talking about the fact that in good conscience he couldn't go to the White House because... Right
4: after the game, after the glow of the victory and, and all
1: that. He was like, wow. I can't Martellus do it. Martellus Bennett? Yeah, he goes, I can't do it. I know, and I mean, that's something that I have, you know... A lot of respect for. I have a lot of respect for him, you know, because they're they're being very honest about why they're not going, and because this is something that it's not just about football, it's not just about politics, Republicans, Democrats, it's about humanity.
2: Right. right, right. For our listening audience, we are having a discussion with our co-anchor Jim Sims uh, by phone, bringing on contributor Eric Love and our show's producer Clarence Boone.
1: And of course, William Jose and Amrita Myers here in studio as well.
2: Yeah, them too, them
0: too, (laughs) of (laughs) course, them too, them too. (laughs) Um, And and I think um, an an adjective I think we could use with these players, and there were several that were just dropped a minute.
2: One non-African American also.
0: I Mm -hmm. I would add bravery. Absolutely, um, because I think culturally, um, professionally,
1: courage. um,
0: This is going to be damaging.
1: Well, look at what happened to Colin Kaepernick just because he decided that he was going to take the knee during the anthem, right?
2: And all of this is uh, in the wake of the executive orders that uh, the -hmm. president signed and more specifically about the uh, immigration policy. Now, there were some immigration raids all over the country, and I understand there even some that hit close to home. And I didn't know about that until today when Amrita enlightened all of us.
1: Well, I mean, it's amazing how much news these days I get from social media, especially local, um, and we knew that there were raids happening in Seattle and Los Angeles and other places around the country as a result of the no ban no wall executive orders, particularly the the no wall right. <laughs> um, and so what happened um, is that these uh, you know ice right immigration customs enforcement um, We're all over the country going into into housing projects, going into restaurants, going into people's homes, uh, demanding papers, rounding people up for, um, you know, incarceration and deportation, and a van of ICE agents actually showed up here in Bloomington yesterday. Oh my gosh. Yes. See, this is the thing. We like to, it's very easy for a lot of people to think, well, this doesn't affect us. It's happening somewhere else. It's not happening somewhere else, folks. It's happening here in our own backyard. And You know, yesterday I'm on Facebook, you know, as I usually am uploading political, you know, news stories and kind of, you know, conversing with people who are involved in social justice coalition work in the in the town. And a labor labor studies professor at IU said Ice Van has been spotted in Bloomington. They're basically they were going to different Mexican restaurants in town and trying to find deportees essentially. And so um, this labor studies professor, who I will just not name him only because I don't want to out him without his permission, um, he said that he was going to go, he was reaching out to national lawyers, uh, the NLG, National Lawyers Guild Reps, and asking other people who are willing to go with him to go and to stand and serve witness. And to attempt to help those people who were like being threatened and who were you know, vulnerable people who were being terrified. And um, it was, it was the, they were very open about it. They were in an ice van. They were not trying nice. to hide who they were or what they were here to do. Um, and what was interesting is that because we used social media to get the word out and to get people organized to go confront them, by the time our people showed up, they had fled the premises mm. and they were nowhere to be found. And so standing up for your community folks, standing up for your neighbors, standing up for people that you may not necessarily know, but who live here, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. This is not just happening in Seattle, it's happening in Bloomington. Right. Go ahead, They're coming David. for us.
3: Yeah, and I think the, the administration will target sanctuary cities, you know, cities intentionally.
4: Someone explain um, the concept of a sanctuary city. And then I heard today there's a concept being bannered around sanctuary state, so so let's start with sanctuary city. Has anyone read up on that?
3: Yeah, I I can do mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, Amrita may also know, but uh, a sanctuary city or a sanctuary university is a um, just a, a city or a university that refuses to give the uh, the names and status of uh, members of the community that uh, may be undocumented. So they're um, we have DACA students. they are students with, uh, who are undocumented but who are enrolled in schools. Um, some of them are eligible for scholarships. Uh, some of them who are, have applied for um, undocumented status. And so they've been through a process already. They've been vetted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there are universities and there's a, there are cities that say they will refuse to give the federal government a list of undocumented people for the government to come and take them.
1: That's absolutely right. Basically, what they're saying is that they will refuse to cooperate with Homeland sec- homeland Security and Immigration and Customs officials. There's a difference between... So IU has not declared itself a sanctuary campus. Many Many universities around the country have, but most of those are private institutions. Right. The state ones have not, most of them because they're scared of losing what little funding they may have remaining but they've gone IU has gone right up to the line and said that they will not turn over documentation or cooperate unless legally compelled to do so mm. by subpoena right,
2: right. and, I have and a
3: then question.
1: they will and then they will cooperate being a sanctuary campus would mean that even if they are given a subpoena a university will not turn over documentation or cooperate no matter what that's the difference that's the difference for
2: everybody now, has anybody heard the story about the uh, Mexican mother who mm-hmm. was recently mm-hmm. deported? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, she came to this country at 14 years of age. Mm-hmm. Yes. She used a fake social security number, and uh, she had been checking in with ICE, and then uh, you know periodically, and then all of a sudden one day, bam, you're
4: deported. She checked now, in willfully when, when right. They, when she checked in willfully.
2: Her, right. Okay, so <clears throat> the the way that they handled that case was a little weird, right? um she should not have been high on the pri- priority list not at all. if their not at all. stated goals was to go after uh criminals, criminals and murderers
1: terrorists and threats
2: however well. <clears throat> should there not be some consequence for using a fake social security number well now, if you and i had done that and we're citizens and we got caught there's some consequence to that so what uh what should be the consequence or again should there be any consequence for what she did.
0: Well, just me personally, and um, I think that's a debate for another day, but I think Mm -hmm. it is a discussion that probably needs to happen, um, the legalities. But when we look from a humanity standpoint, a a justice standpoint, um, there has to be discussion. There has to be uh, um, more consideration, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, This is a little bit different, and, and I'm concerned a bit and historically, we have facts of other groups that have been rounded up mm-hmm. um, and either detained or moved on or worse, you know, killed. So, so there are some historical um, some historical traits here that, that has happened before. And that's what's more concerning to me at this point. Um, and as Amrita said a few minutes ago, they're coming for us. So, and if we don't stand up for for certain things, then what, what do they say? You'll fall for anything.
1: Right. That was, like, that you know? was the whole point of Martin Niemöller's poem that was yes. written right during the Holocaust, that every group they came for, he refused to stand up. Oh, they came for the Jews, but I wasn't right. a Jew, so I said nothing. Correct. They came for the communists, the trade unionists, the homosexuals. I stood up for nobody because I wasn't one of them. By the time they came for me, there was no one left to stand for Correct. me. Right.
4: It's interesting you say that. <clears throat> excuse me. In an article that I sort of grabbed offline, it's called "Alternative Facts." Oh my! There is a reference <laughs> to uh, a go. gentleman from the past, Adolf Hitler, and uh, and every other dictator who had uh, you know rose to power, and and Hitler was um, someone that you know um, really was a nobody, but seized on the populist notion of uh, rallying the country. And, and there have been comparisons. I mean, I might as well say there have been some comparisons even during the uh, campaign. Uh, there were a lot of Jewish individuals that were saying, America, wake up. We have heard this before.
1: Mm-hmm. A group of rabbis was arrested last week for, for protesting the, the ban against Muslims because they said, we, we know what this language means. We've lived through it, we under, and we do, not, we do not support it. Right. And they were arrested. They hauled off six robed rabbis in handcuffs. Because those men stood up for what they knew to be right, and they stood up for their Muslim brothers and
4: sisters. So I mean,
3: it, oh, that's amazing. So uh, you know, another issue that that comes to mind for me, along the lines of immigration, is uh, part of the reason uh, they've gotten support from some of the American population is they say that immigrants are draining social, you know, um, social support programs and
1: social services,
3: social services using taxpayer dollars. Why doesn't anybody ever talk about the billionaire welfare companies, like how much many tax breaks and tax benefits do these billionaires get? Trump himself doesn't pay taxes. Um, well, we don't know what he does now. He refused
1: movie. to <laughs> release his tax returns.
3: Yes, but, you know, they get so many tax breaks, the, the amount of, I call them welfare billionaires because mm-hmm. they, they get more tax um, tax dollars than, and, uh, yes. you know, welfare mm-hmm.
1: I think it, one of the things we have to keep in right. mind too is that um, the, you know, these men and women, hardworking men and women who want to be here, who are, who are trying to work, and you know, yeah. they're using fake social security numbers, et cetera. What about the fact that, how, you know, if you actually allow these folks to become legalized residents and citizens, they would actually be paying taxes. Right contributing to the society, which is what they want to do, and then we wouldn't have to hear these complaints about people taking from social services who aren't giving back, because these are people who are willing to contribute. They They want want to to work, they want to be citizens, they want to be part of the country. You are keeping them from actually giving their tax dollars which would help support the economy of this nation. Because let's be clear, the jobs that most of these men and women perform are not jobs that American citizens want, nor would they be willing to take. So do not kid yourselves, folks. These men and women work very hard, three, four, five jobs. Their kids are going to school. They're doing everything they can to succeed. Why not allow them to contribute and actually be full members of our society?
4: There's another dynamic, too. Uh, You have um, academics, who yeah, uh, you have doctors, you have yes, scientists, yes. you have yes. students who are enrolled at Research One institutions who are afraid to go home and have been told not to go home. Yes. correct. Um, you have uh, people who are scurrying. I mean, well, I'm not going to use that word. They are rushing to the airports to make travel plans and alter travel plans because the doors may close again. Now, it's interesting that, and I think we all know this is going to ascend to the to the level of the Supreme uh-huh. Court. And it's interesting that in the midst of all that, we have this whole discussion on appointments uh, by our current president. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the balance on the Supreme Court is at stake. Mm-hmm. We need to shift to that in the remaining minutes that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that, that's my thought on that. You want to shift to the Supreme Court? Well, the or fact is that cab- you have a Supreme cab- Court, up. potential Supreme Court justice who has come out to disagree uh, with the gentleman that nominated him. So we also saw what happened. Uh, to the uh, Attorney General, interim Attorney General, the, the interim Attorney General, the who said,
1: "I don't yeah. think that this ban is legal." And the next thing you know, she was fired.
4: Uh, now, will You're he fired. be also finding <laughs> exit stage left um, or right in this case? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, Neil Gorsuch. Yeah. I doubt it. You know, ever
2: since he came out and uh, kind of disagreed with the president with the president's criticism of the, ju- of the judiciary. You haven't heard word one from Donald Trump. You have not. He he has not come out and attacked this guy. Mm-hmm. He has attacked other people for less, mm-hmm. but he said nothing against uh, this judge for his statements to the press. And he
4: has said things about, as we know, other judges. One who is an alum of Indiana University, and In that yeah. case, I'm not even sure what's the status of that case because. But wasn't. Did Trump settle based, uh, on the uh, he the college? The case he settled. Okay, and then for, he settled uh, on some other Trump very sensitive University. cases that were, were were thrown in court too, right. uh, involving young children. Sexual harassment? No, mm-hmm. not not harassment.
1: Assault and rape.
4: Uh, yeah. I mean, these are serious allegations. That, where,
1: yeah, that's what they were. That's what they were calling. It. Now,
4: yeah. if Obama's going to be tarred and feathered because of things that uh, Reverend Jeremiah Wright said. Now, right. I, mean, I mean, we're talking about a whole nother show here. So, I mean, it is yes, a are. hypocrisy of a lot <laughs> we, of people. We could do
2: this on. every but week. Let's,
1: let's <laughs> talk let's go radio. Just for
2: a minute to the rest of his cabinet uh, Jeff Sessions, Michael Flynn, Kellyanne Conway, Betsy DeVos. Uh, Jeff Sessions just hired the guy who argued in front of the, Sup- the Supreme Court for Bob Jones University yes. to continue. Uh, racial, segregation, segregation. Ra- racial segregation at Bob Jones University. And, of course, Michael Flynn lied about talking to Russian diplomats. Kellyanne Conway Numerous. did a full-blown commercial <laughs> for Ivanka, Ivanka Trump's clothing line. And I must and then, say, Amrita,
4: that's a very nice bracelet you you have on today. No, I, I wear this. <laughs> He's playing.
2: He's
1: playing. But I'm what do you think
2: about just before Marco Rubio voted for Betsy DeVos' uh, confirmation, she contributed 100 100 thousand dollars to his campaign.
0: Well, but none of this is surprising, but it's hard to determine I, the I, think, swamp. I, I think in general what's true anymore. I mean and oh, and, no. and I Are think we it's talking pretty about clear. Alternative
1: facts now? Well, no, no, I think <laughs> some
0: people tend to see that or look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um George T. Conway, who was uh, um, hired by Jeff Sessions, of course, when he did argue that that was under the Reagan administration, right? Um, so, so th- again, these are some historical things that they're not made up. Uh, these are facts. We're saying, or it is being said, what you actually did and what arguments you actually had. Um, Gorsuch, I think, is is was picked basically on ideology. Um, He's going to be conservative. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, It wouldn't have been my pick. I think we can say that. Um, But I'm hoping things are more legal uh, in a legality arena. So
1: the Republicans, okay for the Republicans to hold up a perfectly legal confirmation?
4: Not at all. That Barack not Obama
1: had the right to make. But, not at all. Right. Because he was a quote-unquote lame duck <laughs>
4: president. Who, and and duly noted. As, as a lame duck president, as they say, did more in his lame duck tenure as, well, his, his they blocked confirmation hearings people. for
1: the last 13 months of Obama's presidency. That is, that is yeah. true. Absolutely unbelievable, and Ob- yet they have the nerve to say obstructionism at, obstruction the, highest, of, of at the
0: highest level. <laughs> now, now those um, those that are listening, do do victors get to spoil?
4: Uh. Is that kind of what we're saying here and seeing <laughs> no, from a no, no, political but, standpoint? Oh, poor go Eric. He's like trying Eric. to get a word in. But, but if here. I could say this one thing, Mike, go ahead, Eric. The, the last, if, if I could, if I could jump in real quick. As a historian, Amrita, you know that history will not be kind to what's going on during this period of time.
1: Absolutely not.
4: I mean, right now it's raw and a lot of people are still tense and and there's a lot of angst. History, hopefully, that is written accurately, will not be kind to this period of time that we're in.
1: Eric, go ahead.
3: Yeah, what I wanted to say, is, especially before we end... um, I, I just have some advice on what we need to be doing right now, and I, I, I've i been wrong before, but I think that this administration is going to implode. <laughs> it's like one thing after the next after the next, and they're only a month in. Democrats, people who actually believe in democracy and the Constitution, we need to be educating each other. We need to have go back to the 60s, each one teach one, have small dinners, small discussions, get people... Um, interested in politics, get them running for office, even on a local level, uh, so we can be ready for when this administration implodes, or get ready for the midterm elections, Black Lives Matter, you know, the, <clears throat> the, the election of um, sheriffs and, and local offices are the ones that control police departments. Um, th- that's where they can make a difference in there. So we have to capitalize on these movements, like the women's move, all these marches, they've got to get people registered to vote and run candidates for office i think we squander too much political capital by not um, running people for office no
1: i think you're absolutely right and i think that we also focus too much on those big presidential elections once every four years we forget about all the other elections in between and we forget how important like you said It's important to start with local. You have to look at your municipalities and your states, and you have to start running people because this is a grassroots revolution. People have got to start from the ground up, and that is the only way that we are going to get anywhere. I think you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. I wish we could keep doing this, but um, I just really want to thank uh, everyone who came in tonight. Bring it on, anchor Jim Sims, who's here with us. You're
0: welcome. And And, see you um, later, Eric.
1: By phone, bring it on, contributor (laughs) Eric Love, who's with us. Um, all the way from South Bend and our show's very own producer, Clarence Boone. Thank you, gentlemen, all of you for coming to the Roundtable Conversation on current event happenings in the world of politics, entertainment, and local concerns of interest.
2: Bring It On has an open submission policy, so if you have an idea for this program, we would like to hear it. Send your emails directly to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. That email address once again, bring it on at WFHB.org. we You just heard Morning by Al Jarreau. Alwin Lopez, Al Jarreau, was a singer and musician. Jarreau received seven Grammy Awards and was nominated for over a dozen more. Jarreau is perhaps best known for his 1981 album, Breaking Away, for having sung the theme song of the late 1980s television series Moonlighting and as a performer in the 1985 charity song, We Are the World. On February 8th, 2017, After being hospitalized for exhaustion in Los Angeles, DeRoe canceled his remaining 2017 tour dates and retired from touring. He died on February 12, 2017, exactly one month before his 77th birthday and just two days after announcing his retirement.
1: This is Bring It On, the People's Forum for Black Culture in South Central Indiana and beyond. Are you a tweeter? You're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to get breaking news and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB news. Go to Twitter.com and search for WFHB news. Or you can always visit WFHB's news website at WFHB.org forward slash news.
2: Bringing on is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB FM and live on the web at WFHB.org.
1: For Bring It On, I'm Amrita Myers.
2: I'm William Hosea and it's time to bring us, uh, bring you the events of interest in the black community. Amrita, be my guest.
1: Lots of things going on this week, folks. Uh, Wednesday, February the 15th, the African American Arts Institute and the IU African American Choral Ensemble are giving a free concert at the IU School of Education from 12 to 1 p.m. in the afternoon, so over the lunch break on Wednesday, February the 15th. That is something that you are going to want to see. It's a treat for sure. Dr. Raymond Wise and the musical talents of our students are not to be missed.
2: Also, later that day on February the 15th, the Black Excellence Alumni Panel at the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center Starts at 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Admission is free. The Neil Marshall Black Culture Center will host a panel discussion and networking reception as Indiana University alumni in various professions, industries, share insight about what their jobs really entail and how they got there. For more information, contact 812-855-9271 or you can email nmgrad at indiana.edu.
1: Next up, on Thursday, February the 16th, we've got the Divine Nine at Banneker, which is the Benjamin Banneker Community Center. Thursday, February the 16th, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. in the evening, and that is also a free event. So the Divine Nine community, right, the nine historically black Greek letter organizations that make up the National Panhellenic Council, will introduce Banneker youth to their traditions, So if you come, you will learn about the history of black Greek letter organizations, calling, strolling, stepping, and all of those distinctive heritages and traditions. Featuring remarks by Genghis D. Carter from the IU School of Education and a member of the Omega Sci-Fi fraternity, as well as additional featured performances.
2: They're going to have any steppers there?
1: I think they are going to, from what I understand.
2: Okay. And then into your weekend on Saturday, February the 18th, Cracking the Codes: The Systems of Racial Inequity. It's a film being hosted at the Monroe County Public Library at 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Admission is free, and uh, from Shakti Butler, the director of the Way. I'm sorry, I can't. The Way can Home:
1: that? Women Talk okay. About Race in America, and she's also done Mirrors of Privilege, Making Whiteness Visible.
2: Okay, this font is really small and hard to read anyway. (laughs) What's next, Sunday? So
1: it's a really great film. It asks Americans to talk about and think about the causes and consequences of systemic inequity. So if you haven't seen the film, head on down on Saturday to the public library and you can watch it for free. And then the next day on Sunday, uh, we have... Second Baptist Church's Black History Month Concert. That will obviously be at Second Baptist Church on Rogers Street from 3 to 4.30 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. And it's also a free event. And um, this is gonna be a great program. And there's actually gonna be a keynote address given by Monroe County Circuit Judge Valerie Hotton Motley along with music and more. So that's at the church Sunday the 19th from 3 to 4.30.
2: And we're actually going to have Judge Harton on the show here in a few weeks.
1: Oh, awesome. She's
2: great. Also Sunday, February the 19th, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority, Upsilon Kappa Zeta Graduate Chapter, Bowling for Babies. That's going to be at Classic Bowling Lanes, 1421 North Willis Drive here in Bloomington, 3 to 5 p.m., $60 $60 per team of up to five participants includes two games and shoes. For more information, you can call 812-318-6719 or you can email macmillan at live.com.
1: If you have an event or happening the African-American community should know about, please send the info directly to the Bring It On staff or if you want additional information about a calendar item that you've heard tonight, contact us at bringiton at wfhb.org.
3: Support for WFHB comes from Bloom Magazine. The editors of Bloom Magazine believe local businesses are endangered by online shopping and they encourage you to shop locally. More information is available at magbloom.com. song that we love to sing Every time we hear the music
1: just heard the classic we're in this love together another selection by the late iconic singer and musician al giro who passed away yesterday at the age of 76 we want to thank bring it on anchor jim sims um, who joined us in studio tonight. And on the phone, Bring It On contributor Eric Love. And also in-house tonight was our show's producer, Clarence Boone, for coming on for our roundtable conversation on current event happenings in the world of politics, entertainment, and local concerns of interest.
2: Our show's executive producer is Clarence Boone, with help from WFHB News Department Director Joe Crawford. Our news editor is Michael Nolan, Tonight's board engineer was Floyd Hobson and Jim Thrasher. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effium with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I am William Hosea.
1: And I'm Amrita Myers. Let me extend to all of our listeners an early happy Valentine's Day. Be sure to tune in next Monday, February the 20th at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On, right here on your community radio station, WFHB.